Vigit 2.0 is coming soon. Click below to join the interactive waitlist and get 1,000 free Vig coins when the update goes live. Vigitapp.com backslash waitlist. Share the waitlist with your friends. For every friend who signs up, you'll move up one spot on the waitlist. Why do you want to move up the waitlist? Vigit is sponsoring the top 100 on the waitlist with a $500 prize to launch your own betting league for the NFL season. Once you sign up, you will get your own referral link. I would suggest putting your link in place of the one in the script so that when people sign up, you will give yourself a chance at winning the $500 in prizes. 500 bucks sounds pretty good. Um, also, this is a sponsor by Vigit. They also have my promo code, HUH2021, to support Heads Up Hockey and go from there. And enjoy the Vigit 2.0. And football season starting up soon. And that also means the NHL season starting up very soon. So thank you. Have a great day. Welcome to Heads Up Hockey Podcast. And here is Luke Garrison. Welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing, Joe? Doing good. So pretty eventful summer that our Devils had recently. Oh, absolutely, especially the, with the amount of cap space they had, especially toward the beginning of the offseason. And this was definitely the offseason that Tom Fitzgerald especially wanted to spend because of the amount of free agents that he wanted to get. And so um, with that being said, you know, Tom Fitzgerald over the end of the season in the exit interview – um, sure, listeners probably know this by now, but if they haven't, go check um, the NJDevils.com uh, website um, where I'm alluding to this one, where Neil McHale of Inside Hockey said, you know, is ownership going to allow you to use uh, the cap space to build this team to be a better team going forward? You know, kind of. I'm kind of reiterating and, you know, re-paraphrasing that, but he, he, meaning Fitzgerald, said that, you know, you want us to spend money, we'll spend money. And when I heard that, um, my brain says I like, I like what I see in his posture, you know, especially it sounds like he's very serious. And that's something that I want to see, and I actually told you about that um, in a private message during that time for an upcoming article. And he delivered. And – our, our off-season and time frame as an organization has shifted since 11.36 in the morning when they signed Dougie Hamilton. Yeah, I remember the day we got him. I thought that um, it was going to take a while, at least, because you were telling me how confident you were that we were going to get him. And when I saw the day that we were getting him, I was pretty excited at first, but I wanted to make sure that the deal was official because I know – that a lot of people were asking whether or not it, it was official or not. And then when they said it was, I 
I thought, yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. I feel like compared this to the 2016, actually, no, the 2019 offseason, excuse me, where I feel like even though they were the main idea, I did this in an article, I, I wrote how the 2019 offseason was just dedicated to get Taylor Hall to pretty much just stay. And so they just made a bunch of powerhouse moves without really thinking what the team really needs. I like this offseason, especially with Hamilton, because he may not be the greatest person on the market like defensively, but he is a number one uh, free agent star. And I feel like that's what the Devils were clearly lacking, especially after the past couple of seasons, because after Taylor Hall left, team who really could step up to become the, the best player on the team. So now you're getting a guy who is arguably one of the better defensemen on the market. And not only that, they're paying Hamilton a lot less than someone like Seth Jones, where Chicago just threw a bunch of money at him because they thought that having him would arguably improve the defense, which it does, but I feel like um, Chicago really is under a lot of pressure, so they just threw a bunch of money at a guy that ironically is starting to decline, really, and I feel like Hamilton is starting to be good in his prime. And, you know, you talk about, like, these uh, players like a Dougie Hamilton, you know, in their prime, and, you know, looking at an 82-game uh, full season, if every player were to play every game right now, it, if we talk about Dougie Hamilton for a second, he if he plays in every single game and he played at the same pace he did with Carolina, he would be a 63-point player. Yeah, I feel like he really fills that role. He fills that role that we've been lacking with the whole scoring as a defenseman because Ty Smith is one of those guys who is a rookie. Well, he was well, he had a rookie season and he did a great job. But you're kind of lacking because looking at the amount of points, the only person on the team who was at least still contributing is Kyle Palmieri, and he's been here for a long time. So you need somebody on this team to really start going above that. 30-point season average, and I think getting Hamilton really basically has that same idea because now I feel like does he put up 40 points per season or actually maybe at least 60 points, we'll see. But I feel like you're basically gaining, gaining it, and I really appreciate I really appreciate uh, Fitzgerald for thinking of that because I know that he saw sees his defense as um, wanting to improve dramatically so, uh, defensively and offensively as well, so I feel like getting Hamilton was Possibly the best move they could probably make in for a while. Yeah, and you know, we all talk about uh, Dougie Hamilton. I mean, you know, you got a guy that's six foot six, two hundred twenty plus pounds, and you got another guy who's six foot five and two hundred twenty pounds in Ryan Graves. So, and then they got that other kid, uh, Christian Yarosh. Uh, he's from Slovakia. He's a big guy, from what I've seen. And he's a uh, friend of Tomas Tatar. Uh, he spoke about it um, with Amanda Stein. And I happen to have a nickname for that big defense. Uh, you've probably seen it in one of the articles I wrote. Um, I call them the Sasquatch squad because they're big, they're tall, they're physical. They can play however they want. You just don't want to mess with them. Yeah, especially because I know Fitzgerald and – wants to look at what the size, because a lot of our guys are just six foot people, which I really think really adds to the team dynamic of just having tall defensemen. Because you look at, look at the other teams in the league, a lot of teams have really tall defensemen on their 
roster, and I feel like we're adding more, but we're adding more of a young, um, a young slash veteran type of guys like that. And I like what he did with Ryan Graves, and I'm not too sure about uh, Jarrells, but I feel like he could be a good, um, like a veteran. I don't know how long he's been in the NHL, but I feel like he might um, be. And I feel like you add Tomas Tatar, a guy who was admittedly one of the better, um, but I can't even say the word, but I, I can't say wing. I can't say wing. I'll just say wings because I feel like he, um, it's yeah, he's one of the better wings of that, um, season. Yeah, he didn't do anything in the playoffs and people criticize him for that, but I don't think it really will hinder anything on what he did in the regular season. I feel like he's one of the, the better players out there who could really push our scoring to over the top. I really think that combining that with, um, a lot of the other acquisitions we have, it's been a really successful offseason so far. Yeah, I mean, you know, the past couple off seasons, you know, um, after Ray Shiro left, I mean, Tom Fitzgerald and his, it's his two and a half season, you know, I usually I don't count halves, but it would be like a, a third campaign, you can call it. But, you know, this team has added, you know, Graves, Hamilton, Tom, I mean, uh, Tatar, you've added Bernier as your backup. I mean, you know, when we lost um, Bastion to the Seattle Kraken, you brought in the guy being like Tatar and eventually Studenich and Bogfist are eventually going to take those slots. And if you look at an 82-game full season for a player, uh, Tatar would score 49 points if he were playing every game at his last season pay, uh, pace. Um, what do you think about Tatar eventually chipping in as like a possible 50-point player? I like that. I feel like, like I said earlier, Palmer is the only guy on this roster who I feel like is the only person who can reach that consistently. Now you're adding someone like Tatar, who's yes been around the league for a while, but I feel like him and Palmieri are the only two guys on the roster who can really reach that because of how young this team is. They can't really reach their full full potential by scoring like twenty, like twenty or thirty points a season. And I feel like adding more of that could really push um scoring over the top and can basically help us um get a better season maybe next year. It depends on what depends on how far we can go into a season and see if, how close we can get to the playoff. But I really feel like adding him was definitely the right move. I feel like also you – I feel like if we wanted to, we could have also gotten Timo Meyer, but I, I understand that San Jose was asking for a lot, and also probably they weren't interested. But I would have said the only thing, if, if Fitzgerald pushed a little harder – with Maya, it would have been perfect, but I, I love, I still love this offseason in other way. Because I mean, what um, Fitzgerald has done, especially with all the cap space he had. Yeah, I mean, they, they can absolutely extend uh, Jack Hughes with that money. I mean, you know, give him at least eight million dollars per, because you know you want to. Lo- I, I believe in locking in a guy that is going to be part of your core, and you know, because we're talking about Jack. If he played at last year's pace at a 82-game uh, full season that he were to play, he would score theoretically 45 points. And same with Sharon Govich would be 46. And if Zaka, for some reason, 
played at the same pace as he did in an, all 82 games, he would score 57 points. Yeah, I also I like, especially considering that Sharon Govitz is going to be on the second year of the contract, and what we saw from his first year was pretty impressive. I cannot wait to see what he does in his second year to see if if he can be one of the – at least he can be – a lot better and see if these years continue to be consistent. He could be one of the better defensemen we've had in rookie defensemen we've had in like years. So I feel like Diego is definitely deserving of that extension. And you also give out an extension to Yannick Korkinen, which I feel like he's also deserved because he was one of the brighter players on the roster last season, considering that he wasn't he wasn't on the top goal scorer, but he was able to get a lot of points consistently during that final stretch of the season. So I feel like Getting signing Boken and and Jangovic were two big another two big things that Fitzgerald did really well considering that they were on their RFA. No, well, Kwokinen was on his RFA and um you get you extend him for two more years because considering that even if he didn't, he would be in RFA in the next year. So you really needed to sign him now. Well sign both of them now. And also, we can't forget, you know, Jesper Bratt. Um, if he were to go at the same pace playing all 82 games, he would be going around the 53-point ratio. I mean, you look at what he's done over the past couple seasons. Young kid, you can have him in your top nine. You can, you can play whether it's first through three. You know, he brings a lot of skill and depth. You know, I mean, not a depth player, but – He's a very skilled guy who brings a lot of speed, and and he's pretty well sound defensively. So, I mean, you have him, and Quokinen you mentioned, you know, he's a guy that he would score about 41 points if he were to keep up with uh, last season. Yeah, I I like what Quokinen has done, and especially – um, next season, if he continues to be on that path, where he could score at least at least twenty more points average a season, I feel like he might be considering. Well, twenty points is little, but it's it's what I feel like he could do at least best because I don't think he could be a forty point player, maybe like a twenty to thirty point player. But I feel like adding considering the average of that on the team of the season, I wouldn't mind that at all. I feel like Kokinen has been one of the most better players out of the roster coming in the past couple of seasons recently and getting him now proved that they wanted to keep this core together before, cause they have something here. They do have something here. They just want to add more of it because let's face it. This team may still not be better of the playoffs, but at least they're trying to put at least a good core together to try to focus on the goal of trying to get there. Well, here's why I'll disagree with you not being a playoff team. I find that with this young core that there's a lot of potential. I mean, I'm cracking the numbers now and just looking at these guys on 82 game pace. And if the defense holds up and the goaltending holds up, there's going to be a lot of stolen games that, you know, last year, you know, would have gotten us, you know, out of the basement and likely in a wildcard spot. And I think with the fact that Carolina has gotten, you know, less potent on the offensive defensive side and a couple of guys that netminder uh, death chart that it's going to bite them too. And, you know, I think, you know, the top eight teams will start to shift a little bit more. And I think the doubles will sneak in 
to the eighth and seventh slot. And maybe with the young guys, you know, I'm talking about with you, you know, who knows if one of those guys really pops and someone new comes on the scene or uh, the Devils make another move during the season. And Yeah. I, I I have to agree with you there. I feel like one of the minor leaguers, especially, I would love to see Alexander Holtz come up next season, considering that he was on his last year of his um, his contract over in Sweden. And I would love to see him come up here and see if he is if he was that guy that we all saw in the draft where he can become a sniper, a type of right wing. I feel like he is definitely one of those. I would love to see him come up next season. It wouldn't have to be right away, but I would love to see him in the season whenever he can, and I feel like he would definitely try to fit on that roster. Um, I would also liked what happened in the draft because we all thought Luke Hughes, Luke Hughes was going to be the pick, and we all we all we were all were right, and I love and I love it Cons- considering that some people wanted um, uh, Simon Robertson. Was- no, no, who's the guy that the Sharks picked? Also, you there? Uh, uh, what the seventh overall pick? Um, what was that? What was the seventh overall pick? Uh, from the Sharks. Oh, uh, William Eklund. That's what it was. Yeah, people wanted William Eklund, and I feel like uh, he was also a he was also a guy that um fans wanted considering his connection with Holtz. But oh, I feel that was like, Eklund. that was Eklund. Yes, it was. Uh, people see Eklund as a guy. Who um is potentially could be a, a better player, but a, I and especially with his connection, I feel like he could be a better scorer. And people said that it was a steal that the Sharks got him there. And some people said that oh well, the Devils should have gotten him. Well, of course not. I think Hughes is definitely the guy. Luke Hughes is definitely the pick that they wanted. And you know what? They definitely made the right choice. I mean, we all saw Jack's reaction um when you picked him. And let's be honest, we having having him um be there also brings another young defenseman he can really skate well he can um he can skate well he can play he pretty well i think he is definitely one of the better passers i think we think we've seen from his own clips i i think he's he's definitely the guy and having that combination of him and jack together is spectacular i think the i think those two guys i'm going to be focused on for the next couple of seasons but at least for the season i would love to see holtz just jump up and see where he can if he can um, basically play a certain role as a minor league and see if he can contribute anything to the jump team. Yeah, I think when people think about the upcoming draft, you know, I'm already looking at the 2022 class, and don't be fooled by seeing another Jack Hughes. This one is not another relative or anything like that. It's just another guy with the same name um, that happens to be a left center for the – U.S. and TDP uh, U18 program, but that's a different story for another day. But um, Slovakia has got a pretty good crop of kids in the top 15, likely top 20. So, like, if the Devils for some reason are 14 through 31, there's still a lot of really good uh, wingers in that area. So, you know, there's no need to worry about like the lottery and all that. So, um, if I had to pick a guy, I'm very high on. It's Uri Slap. Yeah, the under twenty SM 
Sarya uh, Liga team, and uh, he's going to be called up soon for uh, the team in Liga for Turku. Yeah, I'm not. He's six foot four, two hundred eighteen pounds. Big guy can dangle, and he can shoot the puck. I I like to hear that, but I would rather not focus on next year's draft and see where <laughs> this this guy is because I don't want to be focusing on the draft every time, <laughs> every season. I think, and it does sound great. And if we and if we continue to be on the road about it, I wouldn't. If we continue to be bad this season, I wouldn't mind getting him. Depends on what we place in the lottery, but. Going back on the season, I really feel that I have to take back with what I said earlier. I agree. This is the closest the Devils have gotten to a chance of at least trying to go to the playoffs. And if they can do it this season, it would be great. But it all depends on what um, – it all depends on how their schedule plays out. And the first game um, is against Chicago and Mark Andre Fleury. And I'd love to see if we could try to work around – him because I know he's going to be on that path after leaving Vegas to become a better goaltender. And even though Chicago is not in a very good place right now, um, considering what happened was happening to them, I would love to see how I would, I would love to, I wouldn't say take advantage, but I'd love to see if we can beat um, them in a, in the home opener, just to see if, if this new core can get it done, especially with how good that Chicago has at least tried to improve. Um, with getting Seth Jones and continuing, um, what's what's it, how uh, is this Kings how like uh, what what season is this? Is this what season for Kane is this? Is this like this is Kane? the twenty one twenty two season? No, I mean for Kane. I mean how how long like how long has Kane been in the league now for like at least eleven years? Wait a minute, um. Uh... Who would that be? Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane. How how long would he be in? Let me. How check. long? Like what? Yeah, like what year is this? Like what? Like what is this? Like his twelve? Like yeah, twelve since, years. Twelve years in the league since two thousand seven, two thousand eight. For okay, he's fifteenth. Uh, man, fifteen years in the league. So yeah, this would be his fifteenth year. Chicago's not in a great place right now, and I feel like even though they got Seth Jones, I feel like. It wouldn't be enough, and, cons- and considering that everyone's mad at them right now, I um like mad at Chicago for what they're about to come through. But I think I don't think it really will matter just because opening just because opening night. I just I just I just want to I just think Chicago is a is a weird team right now in general. I I think they're a little weak though. I mean, they got a lot of young guys, but. There's a lot of uncertainty with that group. I mean, Connor Murphy's a veteran at this point. I mean, Dylan Strom is kind of like trying to figure himself out. I mean, Flurry is is another really good uh, veteran goaltender, and then you have Brett Connolly, who's a veteran who's been playing now for Chicago. And the brink had I would consider a veteran at this point. Um, I mean, Tyler Johnson, yes, is a veteran, but Seth Jones and Caleb Jones, who knows if Dominic Kubalik, you know, has himself a better year. And I'm not sure if Chicago exactly does because I'm not exactly sure if uh, Malcolm Subban can hold his own in uh, Chicago. 
Yeah. Um, I'm also, I do have a couple questions about the other teams in the league, like, um, like, uh, Islanders, for example. I know they were very interested in Tarasenko. Do you think the Islanders end up with Tarasenko, or do you feel like he stays, Tarasenko stays with the Blues? Do you feel like Tarasenko? I, I think, like to, I think Tarasenko plays in the middle of the season and then he ends up getting dealt for a lot less because, you know, the injury history and other teams like the Devils have pretty much backed off. And so it's like, do you want to overspend on damaged goods, right? Or some guy who still has a bit of a history with injuries. Yeah. Um, I've also, do we, I think, do we both think that the Rangers are going to end up with Jack Eichel either way, considering that the health? Yeah. Considering that, they're the only team right now that um, Eichel is the only one that's interested in. And at this point, nobody else is just digging for him. I feel like the Rangers just might get Jack Eichel just because cause there's nobody else that's interested in him. And I don't know what – unless Jack, Jack Eichel is staying in Buffalo for that long. I mean, it's, it's staying in Buffalo longer than he should be, considering that this was, was supposedly his final year. Last year was supposedly his final year. So I feel like – Adding on that, the Rangers are the only team that might be interested. Considering that every everyone has said Tom Wilson has gotten into the Rangers' head, it does make sense, though, considering that the only bright spot they would have that year is getting um, Jack Eichel. Yeah, and to me, like I think if the Rangers did get like Jack Eichel, I mean, sure, you can trade away prospects and maybe – you know, a veteran and maybe moving on from a, a young player like Capo Caco, but I think that would be hurting the Rangers both cap-wise, near-term and longer-term, and it hurt them in the in the asset pool that they, would, they already have. And, you know, it's going to be like, what if, you know, some of their prospects don't pan out and they trade away a couple of really good guys that, Eichel doesn't perform to what he was supposed to be. And what if Eichel does get that, you know, health thing done um, with his uh, physician and and it still doesn't work? So you're looking at a double-edged sword. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to ask this on Lindy Ruff because I know that he's going to be a – question I have coming into the season. If this season does not work out for him, does Lindy Ruff end up getting fired and they hire somebody else? Do they think do they think if they don't work it's not because of the team, it's because of Ruff's leadership? I think it's gonna be the first guy that gets fired, it won't it won't necessarily be Ruff. I believe it would be Elaine Nazardine. And then if the if the power play isn't doing its thing, then, then it's Recky. Yeah, Recky. then you look. Recky. Then you're possibly looking at Recky, but I don't think it, I don't think it's all going to be about Recky though, because you know they just got a couple of really good players that can perform on the power play, and I don't think it's all going to fall on him. I think if Fitzgerald does get canned, I, I'm not mean Fitzgerald. If Fitzgerald cans rough do they promote uh sergey breland 
it actually would be interesting to see. Um, I would I like Sergey Breland. I don't know how he does coaching wise, considering that we've seen in the league that young co- that former players who are coaches don't usually work. Um, I would love to see that be the one in the case here. I'd love to see what Breland can bring to the team. It depends on whether or not, but I think if but right now my confidence in Ralph is like totally in the middle. He has like it's like what um Cheryl did with having Hall and Subban. The thing is that you have these players who can help you. Oh, and Hughes as well. Um, you have these players who can help you, but it's under your players become better. If they don't, then and and also yeah, now Fitzgerald has done a pretty good job, and I think my response if nothing changes. And my my question would be this though: What if Camden does really good in um, Utica, and they happen to promote him? Would, would you accept that? I think that yeah, if he does really good in Utica, and I've seen um, past several seasons where I feel like a coach from a different league can come up and make um, some make a good uh, make a team good. I would love to see if what the Utica, Utica coach can bring to this to this team and see because again you're working with young kids and because you could have that experience you're basically bringing off the idea of working with young kids and and i feel like i'm adding with the veterans veterans can just do whatever they do and and if they can still perform good as well as these kids you put them together you basically got a really good roster with a young coach and i feel like the devils if they can they can't waste that opportunity and i would have to think like you know Fitzgerald would have to sit down at one of his meetings and see how the strategy plan goes. I mean, if someone's not seeing eye to eye, I mean, he could possibly make a staff change if he wants to. So let's not forget about that because, you know, before the season, they these guys do go over the strategy before they even get to the preseason. Yeah. Um, do we think that the team is going to at least end up in what place in the Metropolitan Division. Do we think fourth? I think fourth might be the best option because I feel like Pittsburgh – no, Capitals are going to take first. Or maybe the Islanders. Um, Islanders might take first, and then you have um, maybe the Capitals and then Penguins and then maybe us. Considering that I feel like the only team to beat right now are the two teams with the Capitals and the Islanders, considering that both of them have had several good rosters. I feel like we, if we end up in a fourth-place position, I will I will gladly take that. If it means that uh, if it ends up being in a wild-card position, I feel like you, I feel like that might get us to the playoffs, and I feel like that is already a successful season enough as it is. And it is – it wouldn't get us out of the rebuild, but it would basically get us – a better understanding of where this team's future can lie. Yeah, let let me let me go back to uh, the 2019-2020 season when we were at a normal uh, planned league. So, if you look at the Eastern Conference, right? So, let's say you have where Toronto once was, along with the Islanders, at seventh and eighth, and I can see well the the point the points then. You had Islanders and Toronto at the 
68 to 70 point game threshold, they had a point percentage of 0.579 or higher. Bills need to about 57% of their games uh, this this season. Yeah, and continuing with the amount of improvements they made, I think that could definitely be the case if Dougie Hamilton proves that he is the player that we signed that seven-year contract for. Um, and I feel like that would be a massive improvement. And I would love to see if Diego Chiangobis continues to be great and, and Jack continues to be great. There's, there's a lot of potential here for a great roster. And I would love to see this to be the year that everyone breaks out and becomes great. Will it be a guarantee? Absolutely not. But I would love to see if this team finally shows the NHL that they aren't just as useless and they're just they're not forgettable. You know, I would right. love to and, see. Yeah, and you and, and we can look at it this way: like you know, the division, like back then, the Devils and Rangers were seventh and eighth. Um, in the 2018-2019 season, Carolina was fourth in, in the Metropolitan, and they were one of the wildcard winners. So you want to be the top four of eight, which is always a good idea. Um, when Carolina had it at the fourth spot, they had 99 points. That was the magic number for them when they, when they were able to clinch. They won six of their last ten games um, in that season to help them stay over the hump. Yeah. Um, 